Well, hello there. I am Matt Williamson talking about more Steeler free agent action and kind of teased it, danced around it yesterday about Ogan Joby. That is a done deal. And since then, the Steelers have added Cole Holcomb, the off the ball linebacker from Washington. So let's dig into those two. I mean, Ogan Joby, first of all, let's talk about the money. Is defensive tackles are getting paid. Like there are some positions, corner, wide receiver that I thought would get a lot more than they have on the open market across the league. D-tackles have. And so the price went up a little bit. People are demanding of this position. Teams are playing with lighter boxes, a little less reluctant to blitz. So they're putting more demand on defensive tackles to eat up double teams, get interior pressure, quick pressure against a quick game, things like that. And is Ogunjobi a superstar? No, but he's serviceable. He's good. He's a starter. He's a known quantity, and the money to me is fine. I mean, it's it, you know, it's not exorbitant for I always say that word wrong, but um, for a defensive tackle on the open market, I'm sure he had similar offers. So my take on Ogan Joby has always been a tough one because when they got him, he had failed the physical with the Bears after signing a much bigger deal, and the Steelers got him on a one year, you know, good bargain after that fact. But he wasn't healthy when he signed and dealt with injuries all through camp, trying to get back from, you know, healthy. And if you noticed, basically every Wednesday practice he sat out, you know, for much of the year was on the injury report year, you know, week after week after week. So they know more about his injury situation than anything in the league, of course. That's one of the benefits of negotiating with your own. And I I said this a lot leading up to free agency is him dealing with injuries and the Steelers' interest in him will tell us a ton of what they really thought of him last year. And I've been in those buildings and a lot of times, and because we saw this contract now, I bet a lot of the conversations were, Larry's giving it all he can just to get out there this week. We're gonna, we'll are gonna get him to the starting line and you know he's, he's fighting a, a myriad of things, lower body injury. I think it was a foot for much of the year. But when it heals, he'll be fine, you know, like when you thought contract. So now you have a whole offseason with him, finally gets healthy. And I think you'll see a little bit more of an explosive player like he was earlier in his career with the Browns and Bengals. So I assume that's the, what they're banking on is, hey, his injuries are not, they're just something he had to get over during the season. Um, in the meantime, him and Cam are going to be your starters on the interior. But if you love Brian Brisset at 17 or 32, take him. I still think you add another rookie defensive lineman, whether it's a nose type or another end, it doesn't really matter to me. But I don't think you're done, but I think the rest of your help now comes via the draft. Well, I couldn't, shouldn't say that exactly. I mean, there's guys like Ashawn Robinson that are still out there that I would consider bringing in a couple days from now once things start to cool down and things are cooling down. So I do think they have one more, maybe two, prominent defensive line moves, at least one, probably via the draft. I mean, it's unusual for them to go sign two players at that position, but there are some names out there that I think are starting to be bargains, you know, that are tough guys in the middle. So all in all, I'm quite happy with this. Going for Hargrave or Payne or one of those dudes was pie in the sky, and I probably overshot that too early, you know, in this process. So uh, it's a quality move. It's a known guy. I expect him to be healthier and a little more effective this upcoming year than he was, or at least to start the year, than last we saw him in a Steeler uniform. So take a quick break, and we will talk Cole Holcomb. 
All right, we've talked a ton about off-the-ball linebackers that were hitting the open market, and there were a ton of them in this this class. Wrote a whole article about it. Holcomb's name did not make my list. Full transparency, he was the just-missed guy. I mean, you can always add one more. You can always add one more. He was not um, one of the – I think he was in the others I considered neighborhood. So I wrote his name down, but I just didn't write him up like I did some of the other guys like Edmonds and Long and all those dudes. So this market dried up quick. I mean, people were attacking this linebacker market. And I'll be honest, I've done more homework on Holcomb now than I did pre-free agency. And I like him more now than I did then, too. So this guy wasn't recruited at all. I mean, like he walked on to North Carolina and kind of a skinnier dude. Took him a little while to make an impact. Not not all that long for a walk on. He made quite an impact early in his career in college. But the scouting report coming out of school was he's a little taller, 6'1-ish. He wasn't real thickly built. Wasn't great taking on blocks, was more reactionary than reading. You know what I mean? He's He was, I hate the word instinctual, but he wasn't super instinctual. He wasn't seeing the play develop ahead of time. He was reacting, and, and that's bad for a linebacker. He wasn't invited to the combine, but go look at his numbers. His measurables are unbelievably good. I mean, he is a great athlete. And when you look at them in that light, watching him play, it adds up. I mean, his scores for all his speed stuff, his 40, his 10-yard split, all his explosive stuff, all his jumps, and all his change of direction stuff, shuttles, uh, three-cone, were all elite. I mean, like top 3%. They were phenomenal. So this guy is a great athlete that was a little thin and is going into his pause, so to speak, in terms of becoming more football player than athlete. He was more of a run-around athlete. But if you watch him through his career with the commanders, Washington, he kept getting better. He kept getting better. This past year, I thought he played really well, but then he got hurt. So he only played seven games this year. So you look at his stats, you're like, yeah, it's not all that great. But he was their every down middle linebacker, um, green dot guy. You know, you, you see the speed, you see the change of direction. And I think he's bulked up a little bit. It's always hard to get players true weights. You know, the last time we ever get a real weight on him is at the combine. But it looks like he has more weight on his body and holds it better. And he definitely takes on blocks and things of that nature better than he used to. He's starting to feel and see the game better than he did coming out of school, as you would expect. He makes his fourth year in the league. So two years ago, when he played the whole year, he was an every down player over a thousand snaps. This past year, every down player would have played over a thousand snaps, except he only played seven games. So, you know, I like it. I mean, so many of these moves, and it's such a Steeler thing to do, and really it's a Kevin Colbert thing to do too, is I can line up and play with him very comfortably if the Steelers had a game tomorrow. Good. You know, put him next to Jack right now. Looks like a good pair of linebackers. Is it great? No. But if you love one in the draft, even at 17 and Steelers were at Clemson, maybe they're looking at Simmons as well as Brees A, who I brought up before, you can still take them. You know, like a move like this doesn't mean you're out of the linebacker market. You still have Mark Robinson there. I'm sure they'll add one more, whether that's a cheap veteran down the road and at that position, that guy, those guys always exist or first round pick, fourth round pick. I don't know. Um, I do think Jack is probably back now that that's safe to say. 
Spillane is gone. He's a Raider. Makes me happy, as you can probably imagine. I didn't want to talk about him anymore. So we don't. Um, and now you got a dude. You know, I mean, Cole Holcomb is an all-day starting linebacker. His tape last year, I guess the bottom line is, his tape last year over the last two years, when he's really started to find himself, is way better than the Steelers linebacker played last year. You know, Bush, Belaine, that version of Jack. So it's an upgrade, and it's not super costly. Um, he's not as young as uh, Herbig. And by the way, check out that article. I wrote a big thing up about Herbig. I think he's going to be a fan favorite. Leave me some uh, feedback on that. But I think he's going to be 27 during the year. He's not old. You know, could be two, three-year starter for you, maybe even a little more. Who knows? Um, so I like both moves. They're both solid moves. And if you infuse this defense with a little bit of youth, you know, two of your first three picks or three of your first four picks, you can be pretty set up for a long time on this side of the ball. So that's what I got. Um, I think I have one more podcast this week, and that's a wrap. All right. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.